0: Well, if you can grab your Bibles, open them up to Revelation now, chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3, and we are going to continue in God's Word here as we're studying through the book of Revelation. Uh, Next week we'll have an Easter message, but today we're going to continue to uh, work through here, Revelation. And we come to the last of the seven letters to the churches here. You know what, let's, let's pray one more time. God, thank you for bringing us here. I pray that you kept the, keep the weather clear, warm us up, Lord. I pray, God, that you would bless your word right now, anoint it with your spirit, God. And no matter, Lord, what may happen, God, with our, our services as far as where we meet, Lord, we're going to trust in you when you lift that up to you. But bless this time right now. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Over 100 years ago, on uh, April 15, 1912, the RMS Titanic sank in the North Atlantic Ocean. And there were many things that went wrong that day with what they called the unsinkable boat. Uh, There's things like six times the crew was warned of icebergs, and their response was back like, really, literally, was like, uh, shut up, I'm busy. Another thing, officers told passengers, oh, it's nothing, we just hit this iceberg. When pieces of the iceberg fell on deck, some passengers made snowballs out of them, and some even picked up some pieces of the iceberg and put it into their drinks. When the call came to immediately load up the lifeboats, so many refused to believe that this unsinkable boat was sinking, and the whole emergency was met, with a lukewarm response and so sadly out of 2,228 souls aboard 1,517 people died that night well today as we come to our last letter in the seven churches to uh, letters to the churches in revelation Jesus comes with a warning that must be heard in the church of Laodicea because they are dangerously lukewarm and that's the title of our message this morning. We don't have our screens, but uh, I know I I can still give you our titles and our outline. So our title is Dangerously Lukewarm and we're going to be covering Revelation chapter 3 from verse 14 through 22. This last part of uh, chapter 3 and the last letter of the seven letters here. Our outline today and this is what we're going to see is words from the creator number two words of conviction number three words of compassion and number four words for consideration so let's begin here words from the creator number one in our outline words from the creator and here we're going to cover just verse 14 verse 14 and take a look here it reads here in revelation chapter 3 verse 14 And to the angel of the church in Laodicea write the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. Now, as we began with the other letters, we begin with who this letter is written to. And once again, we see to the angel of the church in Laodicea. And we've been covering that, haven't we? Who's the angel? We're talking about the pastor, I believe, or the leader of the church. So this is going to the leader of the church is going to, Uh, read this letter. Basically, it's going to be this whole book they're going to go over as this book is passed around to the different churches. Now, this church is located in that city of Laodicea. And if we had our screens, you can see that Laodicea is the last of those seven churches that I had on the map there in the past weeks. Uh, The churches made sort of a circle coming around in that area of turkey and this is the laodicea is like 40 miles south of philadelphia of, of that city we studied last time now laodicea major city it sits on two major uh trade routes and and again with this city though it's a very very wealthy city matter of fact this city was known mainly uh for its banks now i'm gonna be sharing some other things it's known for But it was like the financial capital. It it had all the banks and people had their money there. And so it was very wealthy in that way. And we don't know who planted this church. But the church might have been planted by Epaphras, which a guy was mentioned in Colossians. So kind of relates to that perhaps through Paul's ministry when he was in Ephesus, which is across from uh, Laodicea is across from the city of Ephesus and perhaps uh, that influence of Paul being there a number of years Acts 19 that the church was planted in Laodicea so this church this letter is written to the angel or the pastor or the people in the church in Laodicea now we see next who wrote this letter and we see as we've been seeing in the other letters, it says the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. So here we see a description of Jesus, right? Jesus is the one who wrote this letter as we've been understanding. And like the last letter in Phil- to Philadelphia, the description of Jesus is taken not from chapter one, but here we see a new description introduced and here Jesus identifies himself with, first of all, the words of the Amen. Now, Amen here really, it means God of truth, that Jesus is the truth, the absolute truth. When we say Amen, it's like, yeah, that's true. Amen. That's true. Amen. Right? And so that's the idea that Jesus is the Amen. He is the God of truth. And then he has a second description here the faithful and true witness now that means everything jesus says is reliable it's accurate it's true there's nothing false there you you can rely upon it. he's a god of truth and so what comes out what he speaks is truth and you can rely on er- everything that he says he speaks truth because god, jesus is the truth and then the third way he describes himself here in Revelation 3.14, the beginning of God's creation. Now, listen, that does not mean that Jesus was created, that he was like the first one created. In actuality, the Greek word arche, it, it, it actually means Jesus is basically the source of creation. Jesus is the original, originator, you can say. Or maybe it would be better translated that Jesus began creation he's the one he's the creator jesus is the sovereign creator of all things so everything jesus says is true jesus is what's absolutely true and he's our creator in john 1 3 it says all things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made so we know jesus christ he he's the creator there So we got to really listen to what Jesus is writing here. And that's really why Jesus comes in with this particular description for this church. These are the words from the creator who knows what he's talking about. That's really what's being put forth here. This is the point I want you to see. These are the words from the creator who knows what he's talking about. I don't know if you're old enough or uh, if you guys remember, long time ago, there was this financial firm called E.F. Hutton. Do you remember that? I don't know if you remember. There were some commercials out there. They were a financial brokerage company. And they put out some commercials where people were eating in this super busy restaurant or people were at an airport and it was all busy, everything going around. Well, in the commercials, they would always have like two guys and they were talking about their investments and one of the men one of the men would say well my broker is ef hutton and hutton says and at that word in the commercial everything goes quiet everything just quiets down everyone stops talking everyone stops moving and they look toward this man who said that and they want to listen to what he's going to say they want to hear what ef hutton says and so they're all quiet Then at the end of commercial, which is this is the end, the announcer kind of comes on and makes this comment. When E.F. Hutton talks, people listen. Do you remember that commercial? Well, in that way, if Jesus, the creator, is speaking, then you must listen, right? He knows what he's talking about. God is true. And everything he says is true. And he's the creator. He created us. So if he has a word for us, then we should be listening. We should tune in our ears. Do you believe the God who created you knows what he's talking about? I do, right? He created us. He knows us in and out. He He knows how things work in us. He knows what life is about. He knows how we should handle things in life. So when he speaks, shouldn't we be listening? If he has something to say, we should be tuning our ears just like that commercial. You know, I was thinking about that, how there's so much information out there right now. I mean, crazy stuff, information, right? In the media, on the news, social media, Facebook, Instagram, all kinds of things. There's, there's crazy things going on. There's, there's what we call fake news now, right? There's, there's things like, Unfounded conspiracy stories, just crazy, crazy things. But I feel like what's happening, the devil, who is a liar, who likes to put false truths out there, he wants to bury the truth of God. He wants to bury what's really true, what really matters. And he wants to lead us astray in these things. But we got to get back to listening to the truth from God, getting back into the Word. See, all this noise and all this stuff, you know, he he wants to bury God's truth with the noise and all these conversations that are going on. But we got to stop and listen for God's Word. We got to seek out the truth of God, the absolute truth of God. That's what we got to look for right here in the Word and hear God speak. So, If you're not doing that, Jesus really starts with this. It means that, you know what, you can be getting dangerously lukewarm. So let's go on to number two in our outline, words of conviction, words of conviction. We have words from the Creator, now number two, words of conviction. We're going to be covering verses 15 through 17 here. Now, as we get into this section, Jesus points out, two serious problems about the church. And so that's why he brings this this word of conviction here. And so number one, the first thing they need to do, and you can write this down. Number one, wake up to how you're spiritually lukewarm. Wake up to how you're spiritually lukewarm. Look at verse 15 and 16. It says, I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would that you were either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Now that's pretty serious words here. That's pretty crazy what Jesus is saying. Jesus writes, look, I know your works. I know everything about you. I know what you're doing here. I know all the things that are going through your head, through your mind and what you're doing. I know everything, everything about you. And I know how you are neither now, cold, nor hot. Now, cold speaks of being spiritually dead. It speaks of not really knowing God, or it speaks of you being far away from God because of willful sin. Being hot speaks of being spiritually alive, or, or we can say on fire, having a passion for Jesus. That, that's the hot part. The cold part is you're spiritually dead. Jesus says, then, you guys, you're neither cold or hot. And Jesus says, I wish you were either cold or hot. What is he saying there? Well, if if you guys are cold, then you know what? There's still a chance a person can realize their need for God. Or they can return to God if they were once hot. They can be forgiven of their sins. If, if, if they don't even know God and they're cold, spiritually, spiritually dead, then they can at least be saved and come to Jesus and realize that need. If, if, if they're hot, well, hey, I, I, you know, you're going to be on fire for God. And, and God Jesus said, I'd rather you be hot, of course. But cold is okay because then there's a way to reach you. That, that's really the I, I, idea here. But the problem, he tells the Laodiceans, he says in verse 16, he says, So because you are lukewarm, neither cold nor hot. That's the problem. They're lukewarm. And what does that mean? That means lukewarm speaks of being complacent about God. It it means not having any passion and then thinking that's okay. It's okay. Thinking that I'm okay when God is saying you're not. And there's no passion. There's no fire. You're thinking, well, that, that's all right. I'm, I'm okay here. That's being lukewarm. And then with that, think about this. Being that, uh, Jesus says, I will spit you out of my mouth. In other words, Jesus gags on that. That you're not hot. I mean, that that, that you're lukewarm. You're not hot or cold. He's gagging. Another word, the original word for this word spit, is actually vomit. But I think of Jesus like gagging, like, you know, when you gag? You're like, you know, kind of thing. That's what he's saying. I mean, think about coffee's good hot and coffee's good cold, right? Iced coffee. But when it's in between, lukewarm, ah, yeah. That's that's what Jesus is saying with these guys. You know what's interesting? North of Laodicea of the city is a city called Heropolis, and it's known for its hot springs. So a lot of people go there, you know, don't think they get healing and all that. South south of there is Laodicea, is, is a, uh, the city of Colossae, like the Colossians, right? And they had this cold, fresh water. Now, Laodicea, they, they didn't have hardly any water so they would actually pipe in the water from Colossae and they'll pipe it in to Laodicea from the south but by the time the water reached the city of Laodicea the water was lukewarm so you can understand that these guys can relate to what Jesus is saying Jesus is saying you're as bad as your water that you're getting you're as bad as that lukewarm Undrinkable, gags you. Make, Jesus saying, you're making me gag. Isn't that crazy? That's pretty serious here. I read about a little boy named Zachary, age four. He came out of the bathroom screaming, calling his mother, telling her that he dropped his toothbrush into the toilet accidentally. Well, the mother fished out the toothbrush and, um, well, threw it away into the rubbish can because I was done. Well, Zachary stood there for a moment thinking and then he grabbed his mother's toothbrush saying, we better throw away your toothbrush too because a few days ago it fell in the toilet. Well, I'm sure it made the mother gag. But think about that now. Where are you? Are you lukewarm? Are you okay in being in that state? Are you making Jesus gag? I was thinking about, you know, how someone might say, oh, you make me sick. Yeah, this, this is serious. This is what Jesus is saying to lukewarm people. So in these words of conviction, Jesus points out their need to wake up to how you're spiritually lukewarm. And number two, they need to wake up to how you're fooling yourself. You're fooling yourself. Look at verse 17. He says, For you say, I am rich, I have prospered, and I need nothing, not realizing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. So the church, they told themselves, Hey, we're rich, we're we're prosperous, we live in a wealthy city. This church was probably doing very well financially. Ties, everything was going great for them. And they're like, ah, we don't need anything. In other words, you're saying you guys are doing fine right now. Fine even spiritually. But Jesus is saying, you know what? You guys are actually wretched. You're pitiable. You're poor. You're blind. You're naked. You're destitute. You're destitute. You have nothing right now. You know what's interesting? The people in the city of Laodicea was very proud of their financial wealth as i mentioned they're this banking major banking city right and when there was an earthquake in 17 a.d uh philadelphia was in ruins uh it destroyed philadelphia destroyed sardis and this earthquake in 17 a.d also destroyed laodicea now rome came in gave them aid to help rebuild the city but Uh, laodicea they said no we're okay we have our own money we're okay that's that's how wealthy they were they were fine well that kind of attitude came into the church and the church thought they were okay but jesus saying you're not jesus is saying you're only fooling yourselves thinking you're okay thinking you're self-sufficient in your wealth thinking you're self-sufficient spiritually that i'm i'm okay i'm okay with god I'm fine where I'm at. In his book, Why Revival Tarries, Leonard Ravenhill wrote this. The self-sufficient do not pray. The self-satisfied will not pray. The self-righteous cannot pray. That's where these guys are at. They thought, ah, we're fine. They're like the Pharisees, right, during Jesus' time. Oh, we don't need you. What are you talking about? We're, 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 We're good with God, but they weren't these Laodiceans thought in their lukewarmness that they were fine. But you know what? That's what lukewarm people think. They think they're okay. And Jesus is coming at them hard saying, look, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. He's coming at them hard. Remember the the nicknames we were giving the the churches here in these seven letters? I want to give that to you again. Remember our first letter to the churches was so the church of Ephesus and the loveless church right they left the first love I would say they're a cold church yeah the passion for Jesus went cold the church of Smyrna the languishing church they stood and suffered for Christ under persecution you know I would say they're a hot church they're hot for Jesus the church of Pergamum the third church they were the lenient church they are allowing compromise to set into their life I would say they're cooling down yeah, the ter- church of Thyatira, they were the living for self church. They, they were corrupted by sin and they put their self above God. I, they were cold to me and they, God was trying to reach them to get hot to point them to their sin. The fifth church, the church of Sardis, they're the lifeless church. They looked alive, but they were really dead. They were cold and dead there. The church of Philadelphia, we just saw last week, they're the loyal church. They are consistently being faithful till Jesus came back. What would you say they are? Hot, right? They're the hot church. They have that passion for Jesus. But now, the church of Laodicea, they're the lukewarm church. You know why? Because they're fooling themselves by thinking, we're okay. I'm okay with this. I'm all right. With this level where I stay, I'm okay not having a fire or passion for God. If you think not being on fire for Jesus is okay, then you're lukewarm. You're lukewarm. Were you once on fire for Jesus? Did you have that passion once? Did you have that desire for Him? In the Word, in prayer, in church, serving God. Doing all you can to share Jesus? Were you excited and then now it's gone? And when it's gone, are you sitting here being okay with that? Then you're lukewarm. Jesus is speaking to you. I don't want to be that way. Do you? I want that passion. To always be alive. I want that fire to keep going. I don't want just a little spark here and there. I want that giant bonfire going on in my heart. Amen? Don't be okay with just a little tiny match. Yeah? That you light once in a while. If you're okay with that, then Jesus is saying, you're lukewarm. So, Jesus is saying, you guys are dangerously lukewarm. Now, number three, we come to words of compassion. We've seen words from the Creator. We really gotta listen, the words of conviction that you guys are lukewarm. But now comes amazingly words of compassion. Now Jesus gives the 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 Laodiceans really his love. He's opening up his heart to them. And I I like this because I love this because Jesus loves us and he cares for us. He cares for the lukewarm. He's not just condemning us saying, Oh, forget you guys. So he gives three invitations. And these are the words of compassion from our Savior, from the Lord. Number one is the invitation to invest in the eternal. You want to get... Out of your lukewarmness, and invest in the eternal. Look at verse 18 now. He says, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may be rich in white garments so that you may clothe yourselves and the shame of your nakedness may not be seen and solve, solve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. So Jesus is saying, look, listen to me. I'm counseling you here. Will you hear me? Will you hear my words? He's saying this out of love and reaching out to these guys to get them out of the lukewarmness. He says, he calls them out. He says, first of all, you know what? I I counsel you guys in verse 18 to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may be rich. He says, I have some pure gold, the purest and the best ever. He wants the lukewarm to buy or i would say invest in his gold which is the riches of eternal life that's what he's talking about the riches of eternal life this this life we have with god that's what we are to invest in secondly he's saying that here in verse 18 i counsel you so that you may be uh so that you may buy White garments so that you may clothe yourself and the shame of your nakedness may not be seen. What is these white garments? We talked about that before, right? It's the robes of righteousness that Christ gives us. It's how he can forgive us. And from Jesus, we are made righteous because he died on the cross and he rose again from the dead. And we can be right with God, not because we did something, but because Jesus did that for us on the cross. By his blood. And so now we can wear the white garments. Not stained with sin. So God will look upon us as righteous. And then he says not only that. You can buy ointment basically. salt to anoint your eyes so that you may see. So we may be able to see the truth in Jesus. Our own condition. To see our own condition and see Jesus clearly so jesus is offering all of this to everyone who is lukewarm jesus offers basically a better investment that's gonna last forever you know what's interesting laodicea was also it was known for its banking but you know what they were also known for the manufacture of rare black wool they were they they were into that they're known about that they're known about Hey, that's what to get. Everyone wanted that. All the rich people would be wearing the black wool. That was the fashion craze, you can say, at that time. But Jesus is saying, why, why get into that? I have white garments for you. Righteousness, my forgiveness, being right with God. Laodicea was also known for their medical school. They would make, actually, in that school, this special eye salve or cream to what? help people see better so it's interesting he brings up these things the banking part of it right the clothing and here jesus is saying hey i have something better than this this special eye cream you know what? i have the holy spirit that i can give you i can open your eyes literally so you can see me and be saved I can open the eyes of your heart to see the truth that is in Jesus Christ. This is what Jesus offers. Will we go to Him? Will we go to Him and invest in Him? And invest in the eternal and receive all these things. So, with words of compassion, Jesus comes from Jesus, comes the invitation to invest in the eternal. Number two. Jesus comes, what comes from Jesus is the invitation to repent zealously, to repent zealously. Look at the next verse now, verse 19. Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline, so be zealous and repent. Jesus shares that he comes to correct them, right, to discipline them. You know why? Because he loves you. Those he loves, he disciplines. Like a father, the scripture says, disciplines his son. We discipline our kids because we love them. We don't just let them do whatever they like, but we discipline them. We correct them because we truly care for them. So Jesus is doing this with the Laodiceans. He's serious because he deeply loves them and deeply cares for them. So he calls on them in verse 19. He calls on them and he says, So be zealous and repent. Repent. Turn around from this lukewarmness. Don't stay in that spot. Turn from that. Get on fire. But zealously do this. That means willingly. That means not being grudgingly, but go after it with all your effort. Don't just sit there and go, oh, well, that was a nice story or that was a nice message and and then you just do nothing. No, Jesus is saying, be zealous about it. Go after it with all of your heart. Repent with a zeal and passion. He's saying, repent sincerely, repent willingly, ungrudgingly, zealously. Jesus is saying, look, I'm being serious and I'm telling you, I'm being serious, disciplining you, correcting you because I love you and I want to bring you back. And sometimes the discipline... That God brings us, it's hard. It's hard, But it's only because God cares for you. Sometimes what He tells you, what like what he's saying today, it's hard. It can cut your heart really deep, but it's designed to bring you back. C.S. Lewis once said, "God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our conscience but shouts in our pains. He said, it is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. Sometimes we don't hear God until he's really honest and disciplining us. So let's listen. God is trying to reach you right now today. God is speaking to you. And you know what? He's serious because I was thinking about this. Lukewarmness is like quicksand. If you start being okay, in the lukewarmness, it's going to suck you down and under. So Jesus like yelling, not yelling bad, but you know what I'm saying, trying to get your attention, speaking loudly. Stop. Wake up. You're lukewarm. Get back to where you need to be. So with words of compassion from Jesus comes an invitation to invest in the eternal, the invitation to repent zealously. And number three now, the invitation to open the heart to Jesus. And that's what we see in verse 21, 20 and 21. He says here, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. The one who conquers, I will grant him to sit with me on my throne as I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. So here's Jesus now speaking to the Laodicean church. He's wanting to come into the church, into the hearts of the people. But the church was so busy enjoying their worldly pleasures, their wealth, thinking they were okay, they didn't even notice. Think about this. Jesus was outside the door. Jesus was outside the door of their hearts. But Jesus saying, look, I'm knocking. You know what? I want to come in. I want to dine with you guys. Back then in ancient times, to dine with someone was to have fellowship with them, to be close to them, to have an intimate relationship with them because when you sit down you really sit down and you sit down and eat and talk so to say i want to eat with you i want to dine i want to have dinner with you he was saying i want to be with you i want you to be with me i want to be close to you once again and he's saying in the next verse verse 21 that to the one who conquers the one who repents zealously comes to jesus goes from being lukewarm to being on fire Jesus says, you know, I'm going to have you even sit with me. When I rule and reign on the earth in the millennium, you'll sit with me. You'll be with me. We'll have that. We'll continue that fellowship forever. Just like I'm with the Father. That's Christ's desire to come into close fellowship. And the conquerors, the overcomers are the ones who will have intimate fellowship with Jesus Christ. So Jesus lovingly invites you to open the door of your heart to him and be close to him so he's knocking i read about one pastor tried to see one of his members on a saturday he knocked on the door but no one came so he left a note on the door quoting revelation 320 behold i stand at the door and knock if anyone hears my voice and opens the door i will come in to him and eat with him and he with me well, the next day after the church service, the same note that he left turned up in the, in the collection. But below it was written, Genesis 3.10. I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. <laughs> Sometimes we were in shame, though. We're ashamed to come to God. Maybe you are lukewarm. Maybe the Holy Spirit convicting you, but, and you're ashamed about it. But you know what Jesus is saying? No, I'm here to help you. I love you. I want to forgive you. I want to get you on fire right now. I'm here for you. So that's Jesus. Don't be ashamed here. Don't be hiding in shame. Will you let Jesus into your heart? He's knocking right now. Well, the church was dangerously lukewarm, and we seen the words from the Creator, words of conviction, words of compassion. And our last verse is number four, words for consideration. Verse 22, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So, Lastly, this letter ends as he's been ending all the letters and this chapter ends as he's been ending each of the letters. Seven times he says this and for the seventh time Jesus is saying, basically, will you hear me? Will you listen? Will you respond? And as I've been saying, you know, everyone has ears but not everyone has ears to hear what God is saying. So these are words for consideration or words for serious consideration See, I want to point this out and I want to put an emphasis as Jesus even ends on this is this. The most dangerous thing about being lukewarm is you may not have the ears to hear God's voice. The most dangerous thing about being lukewarm is you may not have the ears to hear God's voice and do anything about what he's saying. So this is a wake up call. This is a knock on the door to get your attention, to get you out of that lukewarmness. In 1980, Mount St. Helens in Washington State re-erupted. You guys remember that, right? Despite the repeated warnings from scientists, this man, H. Truman, stayed at his home, his lodge, saying, well, when the lava comes, the helicopter can come and save him. But, The 300 mile per hour blast immediately brought 180 feet of debris and 90 feet of water. And he died. Never to be seen, I think. He did not listen to those who knew and it cost him his life. And that's what Jesus is saying. Hear what the Spirit is saying. Don't let the lukewarm heart Make you deaf to God talking. Remember how the seven letters to the churches, they speak practically, right? They literally were two churches at that, in the ancient time. And I told you they also speak to us personally as we've been applying it every week. But remember, they also speak to us historically. That many have attached uh, these, each of the letters to the, the different ages of the church throughout these centuries. And many believe the church of Laodicea reflects the church right there at the end times. The church, in general, could be this time right now. The churches are lukewarm to Jesus, not on fire anymore. They're the apostate apostate church that Paul talks about that they leave God, that they, they, they don't speak of God's power anymore. Is that you? I don't want to be lukewarm. I want to keep that fire going in my life and my heart. I want to keep that passion for Jesus. And if you haven't been there, if you haven't been there leading, you've come here or you're logged in or you're connected right now or you're hearing my voice, you know what? It's time to zealously repent And get out of that lukewarmness. And Jesus is waiting. He's knocking on the door right now. And you know what? Jesus isn't going to barge in there. He wants you to make that choice. He's not going to force himself. You will have to open that door. I'll close with this. In St. Paul's Cathedral in London, a painting hangs of Jesus Christ, a painting of him. It's called The Light of the World. And uh, I showed it once on one Wednesday night, I think a month ago. And if we had the screen, I I was going to show it to you. But William Hunt, who painted this, painted Jesus wearing a crown of thorns, he was standing outside this door. The door was covered in like weeds and plants. It, It just showed the door hadn't been open for a long time. With one hand, Jesus held this lantern. And with this other hand, he's about to knock, like he's knocking or about to knock on the door. Well, when this painting was first displayed, critics were quick to point out what they thought was a mistake, a big mistake by the painter. They said, Mr. Hunt, you've painted a masterpiece, but you made a serious mistake. You painted the door without a handle. Well, the painter, Mr. Hunt, replied, This is no mistake. The handle is on the inside. So you understand. We're the only ones that can open the door for Jesus to our heart. He's waiting. He's knocking. Will you open the door to your heart? Will you let Jesus into your life? Maybe you've been lukewarm. And it's because you haven't let Jesus into your life. Maybe that fire has cooled down. You're lukewarm. You're not cold, cold, but you think it's okay. It's time now to zealously repent and open your heart to Jesus. Don't ignore the knock. For Jesus is here to heal you, to save you, to help you. Because he knows you are dangerously lukewarm. Let's pray. Lord, as we come before you, God, as all our hearts are bowed and eyes closed, God, I pray for everyone here. Everyone who hears my voice, Lord, those connected online, God, I pray for those who've been lukewarm, for those who've walked away from you, for those who willingly sin and think it's okay, for those who maybe once was so on fire, but now they're not. They're lukewarm and they think that, well, I'm okay then. God's okay with me. Lord, may they hear you speaking, saying, it's not okay. May they hear you calling them with your love to come back, to repent of sin, to repent of the lukewarmness. Lord, I pray for anyone here right now who's hearing my voice, God, that you would continue to speak to them, convict them, and draw them back to you. I pray over them, God, that you would open their eyes, Lord, to see the truth in Jesus. And God, as they feel your love reaching out, may they respond, God, wholeheartedly surrendering their life to you. And as you're knocking on the door of their heart, Lord, may they open it up totally to you. And God, may they understand that the way to open the door is to come to you, to repent, to ask you in, to be forgiven of sin, by you to confess and and be forgiven and cleansed, and then Jesus you'll come and we can have that relationship with you once again so Lord may you bring all of us to that place where we are not lukewarm even if we're cooling down right now a little bit and getting to that lukewarm God may your spirit refresh us right now renew us may you stir us up and may we Get on fire for you right now. May we once again have that passion for Jesus, for you, God, because we love you. So help us today, God. We don't want to be lukewarm. We know how dangerous that is. So, Lord, light us on fire right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand.